Welcome, everybody. We hope that you are excited to come be a part of an amazing, fun-filled afternoon of escaping into the world of Sherlock Holmes. Randy, are you excited? I am super excited to be gathered remotely with my theater peeps from Live Oak Theater to bring a production to our fans. I know. It's been an absolutely crazy time and feeling like we can't get together and enjoy, you know, the theater, which is where we all like to go to, to blow off a little steam and escape a little bit. And so, I'm incredibly excited to bring theater into everybody's home. And I know as we've talked, you are as well. And people are jumping in. We're seeing seeing a lot of you out there, seeing y'all coming all in. So we say absolutely welcome to our very first radio drama. It's, it's kind of a milestone, Randy, I think. I think so too. A whole new media. <laughs> a whole new media. And uh, hey, as you guys are listening along and you're excited, uh, if you love it, give us thumbs up, give us some shares, give us some comments in the chat. If it's really great feedback, we're talking about maybe doing this Every once in a while, bringing some some various radio shows and scripts in, and uh, yeah, I think it could be could be a lot of fun. Absolutely, and don't forget to check out our website if you'd like to give us a donation to help us stay afloat in these uncertain times. Uh, it's www.liveoaktheater with an re .org. and we will absolutely throw that in the chat uh, for everybody right now. So yeah, absolutely. If you'd like to help support Live Oak Theater. Um, during this entire craziness, obviously, we do thrive and survive on people coming and being a part of all the things we offer um, at the conservatory, not just shows, but classes. And so every little penny helps. And so, uh, yeah, if you guys like it, please do drop a penny in the hat, um, share it out. And so all you uh, all you cool cats and kittens. Can we say that? Is that copyrighted? I feel like that <laughs> might be. I don't know. I think it but sounds awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, all you guys, if you could jump out there, share the link. We are getting ready to get started here. We've got actors anxiously standing by and uh, it's going to be a really fun afternoon. So I'm ready to go, Randy. You ready to go? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. Then without any further ado, we present to you Sherlock Holmes and the adventure of the tolling bell. and Frank Marsani, along with Oak Hill Hospital, and Just In Case Auto presents a reproduction of The New Adventures of Sherlock Holmes by Live Oak Theater, starring Kyle Mara as Dr. Watson and Chris Reese as Sherlock Holmes. This radio show was originally broadcasted on April 7th, 1947. And now, once again, it's time to keep that weekly appointment with our good friend and host, Dr. Watson. Good afternoon, Dr. Watson. Good afternoon. As usual, you're punctual to the minute. Pull up a chair and make yourself comfortable. I see you have that old black tin dispatch box out again, Dr. Watson. I deduce that you are going over your notes on tonight's case. <laughs> Elementary, my dear boy. Among the records, I came across some notes of some cases that I'd almost forgotten. The shocking death of Crosby the Banker the Adeltine tragedy, and some data on the unusual contents of the ancient British pharaoh. Wow, those stories sound quite interesting, Dr. Watson. <laughs> and I shall tell them to you some other time, Mr. Bell. Tonight I'm going to recount an adventure that took place in the heart of the beautiful English countryside. I call it The Adventure of the Tolling Bell. Well, that story began in a small country village of Conforth. Holmes had recently brought to a successful conclusion the affair of the Barrow and Furnace wheelchair murders and we decided a few days' rest in the nearby Conforth would do us good before returning to our arduous life on Baker Street. We were staying in a small but comfortable inn, and it was only on the third day I remember Holmes and I were in our bedroom waiting for those two essentials, without wish, 
an English country gentleman could not start his day. An early morning cup of tea and a jug of hot water for shaving. As we sat there by the open window, a nearby church bell was tolling a funeral knell. There must be a funeral in the village, Holmes. Yeah, well, yes. An astonishing deduction there, Watson. Mm, there's no need to make fun of me. It's an impressing sound, isn't it? Well, I suppose so. Uh, has it ever occurred to you, dear Watson, that the history of the bell is uh, full of romantic interest? Well, I can't say I've thought much about it, to be honest. Well, almost every historical event has been accompanied by the sound of bells, after all. Uh, they summon soldiered arms, uh, as well as Christians to church. Oh, they sounded the alarm in the Milton invasion. <laughs> uh, many a bloody chapter in history has been rung in and out by bells. Mm, well, you seem to be a mind of information on the subject. Oh, of course, Watson. It's a fascinating subject. Come in. Come in. Good morning, my dear. Pardon me, gentlemen. I brought your tea and your shaving water. Mrs. Michael said to say your breakfast will be ready in half an hour. <laughs> Splendid, Marion. Um, Mary, the church bell is tolling a funeral knell. Do you know who's being buried? That I do, sir. I wish it was me. It'll be my turn soon. <laughs> Poor little thing. I wonder what's the matter with her. Well, I can say that I have the foggiest idea. Perhaps her father or mother just died. Or a young man. Yes, I bet that's it. She's a pretty girl. She'd obviously been crying when she came in. Perhaps that's her fiancé they're burying right now. My dear Watson, you have the sentimental imagination of a true storyteller. But we have come here, after all, for a holiday. You must give your imagination a rest as well. So, drink your tea, remove your whiskers, and we'll head downstairs and investigate those kippers. gentlemen. Excellent, Mrs. Michael. Excellent. I've never eaten better. Uh, yes. Uh, by the way, Mrs. Michael, we heard the funeral bell tolling earlier on. Do you know who was being buried? Yes, I do. Two souls were being buried, and one of them was a murderer. A murderer? Lord, in this peaceful village? Uh, whatever happened, Mrs. Michael? Old Threadgold, the corn merchant, found out his wife had been gallivanting around with a young fella from Bolton. Cut her throat, he did, and then hanged himself. Motty? Oh, heaven, sir. Yes, uh, thank you. Shocking. So the peaceful countryside is not as peaceful as it's made out to be, is it, Holmes? Uh, <laughs> that is a thing that I frequently had occasion to point out to you, Watson. Uh, has the morning post arrived yet, Mrs. Michael? Here comes old Gilly up the path with it now. I'll see if he's got anything for you. A murder? What do you make of it, Holmes? Well, what is there to make of it, Watson? A jealous husband murders a faithless wife and then commits suicide. A tragic story, of course, but, uh, but a simple one after all. Top of the morning to you, gentlemen. Good morning, Gillian. Uh, any letters for me today? Aye, Mr. Holmes, two letters. One of them's got some newspaper clippings in it, I think. And you got a postcard from a Lister, Mr. Lestrade. He wants you back in London bad, Mr. Holmes. There you are. <clears throat> uh, pardon myself, Gilly. You've been reading Mr. Holmes' private correspondence? Oh, bless your heart, Dr. Watson. I didn't... If I didn't read other people's correspondence, now how would I know what's going on in the village? 
Mm, yes, you were right, after all, Gilly. It is the newspaper clippings here. Oh, by the way, uh, you heard about the murder of Mrs. Threadgold, I suppose? Uh, heard about it. I told the bell this morning at the funeral. Did you say that you're the bell ringer as well as the postman? Oh, bless your heart, yes, Doctor. The president of the Corps Society, too, as well as being on the Perry's Council. Uh, appears that you are a busy man, Gillian. That I am, sir. Take this afternoon now. I'm to ring those bells again. Not another funeral, surely? No, sir. A wedding this time. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear it. Young St. Perry is marrying the Slater girl, and you might say that I'm responsible for bringing them together. Got some of their letters mixed up, I did. They looked each other up to exchange them, and presto. Before you know what's happening, they're getting married. Regular Cupid, you might say I am. Oh, be off with you, Gilly. Other people want their letters. Mr. Holmes doesn't want his kippers spoiled with your idle chatter. All right, Mrs. Crab and Apples and Vinegar. Ah, you rotten man. One of these fine days will smile, and the world will come to an end. Good day, gentlemen. Talkative old busybody he is. Oh, Mr. Holmes, Mrs. Lackland's in the hall. The poor old lady is most anxious to talk to you. Hmm, Mrs. Lackland? She has the seamstress shop on High Street. Her only son ran away from home a few months back, and I think that's what she wants to speak to you about. Oh, but my friend and I are here for a rest, Mrs. Michael. I told her that, Doctor, but she won't go away without seeing Mr. Holmes. Ah, very well. Ask her to come in, please, Mrs. Michael. Yes, sir. Oh, I do bother to see her, Holmes. It sounds like such, such a trivial matter. You surprise me, Watson. The disappearance of an only son can never be a trivial matter. Well, I meant trivial for you, not for her. Ah, yes, of course. This is Mr. Holmes and Dr. Watson, dear. Thank you, Emmy. Good morning, sirs. Good morning. Good morning. Please do sit down, Mrs. Lackland. There, there. That's it. Now tell us, what seems to be the trouble? It's Tom, sir. Me only son. He left me four months ago, and I've not seen air a night of him since. Hmm. You've had no messages from him since he left. Not one word. I'm fair out of my mind, sir. Yes, yes. Have you any idea of his reason for leaving the village, Mrs. Lackland? None, sir. He was a good boy, and he worked hard, and he didn't fool around with those flibbity-gibbet girls in the village. I think he's met with foul play, gentlemen, and I want you to find out about him for me, Mr. Holmes. I've heard say in the village that you're the greatest detective in England. Oh, yes. Well, Mrs. Lackland, I, of course, would be glad to help you, but you see you've given me no clues to work with, and I'm afraid that I could not... If possibly... it's money you want, I've got 20 pounds in me poster savings. It's all yours if you can bring my Tommy home to me. <laughs> Or at least tell me he's safe. Oh, now, Mrs. Lackland, I would never dream of accepting a fee. However, I shall give your problem some thought. And if I arrive at any conclusions, I will get in touch with you at once. God bless you, Mr. Holmes. Good morning to you, sirs. Oh, yes, uh, good morning to you as well. Good morning, Mrs. Lackland. Poor old thing. I don't see how you can help her, Holmes. Nor do I, Watson. Nor do I. At the moment... But a young man who has grown up in a small village like this may have led a life that his mother is totally unaware of. Now, you said you had a work on one of your stories today, Watson? Yes. Uh, I received a letter from the editor of the Strand magazine yesterday, requesting a manuscript as soon as possible. 
Splendid. Uh, well, then you must stay at the inn and work on your latest masterpiece, while I scour the village to see what may be found out about this missing young man. There you are, Holmes. I was beginning to think you'd gotten lost. Ah, hello, Watson. I trust you had a profitable session with pen and paper? I got about half a chapter, but... I would have gotten more done had it not been for those infernal bells. <laughs> yes, yes. The wedding ceremony that Worthy Gillian told us about this morning. Oh, but I am tired. <sighs> what did you find out about Mrs. Lackland's son? Ah, yes. Well, among other things, that he had a secret love life totally unknown to his mother. Oh, and the object of his affection was none other than the maid who brought our tea this morning. <laughs> Mary? Did you talk to her? Yes, the very same. Uh, no, it's her half day off, and I was unable to find her. Ah, but I shall question her when she brings our tea tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes, come in, Mary. Oh, Mrs. Michael. Good morning, gentlemen. Here's your tea and shaving water. Oh, Miss Michael, where is Mary this morning? She didn't come to work. Must be ill again. Not a reliable girl and no better than she ought to be, if you ask me. It's no job for me to be carrying tea and hot water upstairs. Oh, yes. I hear the village bell tolling for another funeral. Does Conforth have a burial every morning? I really don't see how the population can run to it. It's another suicide, sir. Another suicide? Good Lord! Old John Letterby the baker. He was expecting some money from his son in Australia, and it never came, and they foreclosed on his shop. And he hanged himself. Would you be wanting a couple of boiled eggs to your breakfast, gentlemen? Mm. No, no, I haven't much of an appetite. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. That woman seems absolutely heartless. She almost smacks her lips when she tells us about these, these, these tragedies. Yes, what? I had noticed that. And this peaceful village is beginning to seem strangely sinister to me. And since you have no appetite for breakfast, perhaps you'll join me in a little excursion as soon as you're dressed? Well, of course. Where are we going? To see the maid, Mary. I'm anxious to talk to her before another funeral bell begins to toll. This reproduction of The Adventures of the Tolling Bell is brought to you by Kessel Tech for all of your enterprises and personal technology needs. Red Mile Appraisals, when you need to know the value of your property and call someone of value. Red Mile Appraisals. And Physical Therapy and Balance Centers, you can't afford to be off your feet, so we'll help you back on them. Physical Therapy and Balance Centers. And now, we return you to the harrowing tale of the Tolling Bell. Hmm. 
This must be the cottage home. They said it was that one there with the honeysuckle over the gate. Yes, yes. Ah, there's Mary now, sitting on the porch. Oh, she's got up. She's coming up the path to meet us. Ah, good morning, Mary. I'm sorry you're not feeling well. Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson, why have you come here? Not to ask about my health. Why should a servant girl matter to gentlemen like you? Oh, um, you misjudged us, dear. Uh, I assure you that we... Now, 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 Watson, let's, let's not... Not battle around and be honest and admit that we did not come here, of course, because of concern for Mary's health. Hmm. Then why did you come here, sir? Now, Mrs. Lachlan asked me to try to find her son, Tom. Tom? Yes, Tom Lachlan. I thought that you might be able to help me, Marion. If I could help you, Mr. Holmes, I'd be helping myself, too. Oh, oh, here comes Gilly, the postman. Gilly? Gilly, is there a letter for me today? Yo, oh, no, lass. There's nothing for you. Again. There must be, Gilly. There must be something. No, lass. If the letter would come, I'd bring it to you as fast as me legs would carry you. You know that. Pardon, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson. Left some letters at the end for you, doctor. You had a letter from a lady. How did you know it was from a lady? Oh, it reeked with the smell of violets, it did. And it was written on green ink and grey paper, sir. Hmm. Amazing deduction. Oh, yes. Well, that sounds like your young friend from Dallas, Watson. How did you know about... I mean, I don't have a young friend from Dallas. Hmm. Quite. Uh, Gilly, you told another funeral bell today, did you not? Aye, sir. And a tragic thing it was. Old Letterby hanged himself because he didn't get the money from his son in Australia. I found him I did, and I was the one that cut him down. And right in my post bag was the letter he was waiting for. The letter that would have saved his life. Great Scott! What a ghastly piece of irony. That it was, sir, that it was. Well, anyways, gentlemen, I'll be on me way. Good day, good day, Mary. Perhaps tomorrow the letter will come. No, I'll never hear from Tom now. He's ashamed of me. That's why he deserted me. Deserted you, Mary? Why, you speak almost as if you were his wife. I am his wife. Uh, what? We were married secretly in Rockdale five months ago come Tuesday. And he never said a word to his mother? He was afraid to. She thought I was beneath him. Tom said he'd go away and get a job and then return here and fetch me back with him. He went away all right, but he never came back or sent me a word. Yes, well, when he left, uh, Mary, did he give no clue as to his destination? No hints of any kind? Well, he did once say, Mary, I'm going to clear out of this puddle and make me fortune, even if I have to bury it. And then he said, bury me fortune. Huh, that's a joke, isn't it? I don't know what he meant by it. Ah, well, I think I do, Mary. Uh, Watson, we're to take a short train journey this afternoon as soon as possible. Oh? And where are we going, may I ask? Well, of course, we're going to the Bound of Berry in search of this young lady's husband. What makes you think Tom might be in Berry, Mr. Holmes? Well, of course, because the famous fortune cotton mills are in Berry. It would seem possible that when your husband joked of burying his fortune, he was talking of going to the mills there. Wherever he's gone, he won't be coming back for me. I know that. Now, now, don't talk like that, my dear. Remember, you have friends, Mrs. Lackland. 
longer is Holmes going to be? He leaves me standing outside the factory gates as if I was some, some blasted coachman. Ah, there he is. There you are, Holmes. What took you so long? Ah, yes. Uh, hello, Watson. Yeah. Uh, permit me to introduce you to Mr. Tom Lackland. Tom, this is Dr. Watson. How do you do, Dr. Watson? <laughs> how do you do? Never mind how I do, young fellow. But how do you do? Your behavior has been absolutely shocking. Shocking! Now, what are you blathering about? Leaving your dear old mother and deserting your pretty little bride because you're ashamed of her. You're a scoundrel, sir, and you deserve a good horsewhipping. And I have a good mind to give it to you. I don't know what you're talking about, Dr. Watson, but I do not like the words you use. And if it's violence you want, I don't mind telling you that I'm amateur heavyweight champion of the country. Oh, uh, you are? Well, there's no need to become aggressive, I assure you of that. Uh, yes, yes. Not, let's not let us waste time being acrimonious, Watson. Now, back to the train station as fast as possible. The return of the prodigal son is long overdue. We must give them every opportunity to kill the fatted calf. Ah, there's Mary's house. I'm dying to see her. Yes, and after this reunion, Tom, I suggest that you both go over and see your mother. I'm sure she'll forgive you. Yes, Mr. Holmes, I'll do that. Perhaps you should have warned her. Your sudden appearance may be something of a shock. I, I think it's a shock that Mary can handle. <clears throat> she must be out. The door's locked. <laughs> Knock again, if you don't mind. She may be asleep. Great heavens! That was a re it was it was a revolver shot. Yes, come along, Watson. Help me break in the door. The exciting conclusion of today's episode is brought to you by Day Metal, meeting all of your metal needs here in beautiful Brooksville, Florida. Sweetwater Homes, turning your houses into homes for you. And The Andrews Group, trust the professionals with heart to help you find that perfect property. And now, Dr. Watson, that was a fine place to break off your story. Leah, you left me right on the edge of a cliff. Had the young girl shot herself? Well, she'd shot at herself, Mr. Bell. But fortunately, her last-minute lack of courage had made her shot go wild. Holmes and I and the young bridegroom burst into the house and rescued the smoking revolver from her hand. I must confess, the reunion between the two young lovers was a touching sight. In fact, I felt considerably older than I was as Holmes and I stood there listening to Tom reassure her. Mary, darling, it's all right. I'm here. Oh, Tom, you are. You did come back for me. I thought you never would. I tried to kill myself, but I hadn't the courage. Oh, there, there, Mary. <laughs> Everything's going to be all right now. It will be, Tom, won't it? Oh, I'm so tired. Yeah. Now, Tom, I think the time has come to reassure Mary that you did write to her after all. Oh, of course I did, Mary, darling. I sent you money that and told you that I'd be back here to take you with me to Barry as soon as I'd saved up enough. You wrote to me, Tom? Not twice a week, and I wrote Mother, too. Then why didn't I get the letters? Yes, yeah, so the answer to that should be obvious, my dear. 
Gilly the postman deliberately withheld them from you. Gilly? Great heavens. Why? Well, I have my suspicions. Strong suspicions. But I must get proof. Tell me, Mary, the day before yesterday, Mr. Threadgold murdered his wife. Do you know how he learned of her infidelity? Well, I'm not sure. But I did hear Mrs. Michael say it was through some letters that got mixed up. The letters addressed to her were delivered to his office instead of at the house. Gilly again. Precisely. Surely the whole terrible pattern begins to take shape. Tom. Yes, Mr. Holmes. I'm going to lay a trap. To spring it, I shall need your assistance. Of course, Mr. Holmes. I'll do anything. Yes, well, then wait here with Mary until darkness falls. Uh, then muffle yourselves up and go to your mother's house. Wait there in hiding, and let no outsider see you until you hear from me. <laughs> Since you two lovebirds have been separated for four months, I don't imagine that will be too unpleasant now, will it? <laughs> no, it'll be quite enough, Watson, quite enough. Uh, you understand, Tom? Yes, Mr. Holmes. Good. Come along, Watson. What's your plan, Holmes? I'll tell you as we go. One thing I can promise you. Before the sun is very high tomorrow, I shall free this village from one of the most subtly evil powers I've ever come in contact with. Good morning, Dr. Watson, Mr. Holmes. Good morning, Mrs. Michael. Good morning. I always said that Mary was a no-good girl, and now she's killed herself. But of course, I had to come to her funeral. Well, that's very charitable of you, Mrs. Michael, I must say. In any case, the vicar says the poor girl was of unsound mind. Yes, madam, you cannot blame her, of course. Well, I'll be getting to the church. Holmes, this farce is beginning to get on my nerves. What are we accomplishing by burying an empty coffin? You'll soon see, old chap. You'll soon see. Come along. Let's slip into the vestry. This way. Now where are we going, Holmes? Up the stairs that lead to the belfry. Now, here they are. Well, supposing Gilly turns nasty when he finds out we know his secret. Well, then we must handle him to the best of our ability, Watson. I must say, I do not relish the thought of a tussle this high in the belfry of the church. The man must be insane. Well, obviously. That's why his power must be destroyed. Now, this door here leads to the belfry. Keep your wits about you, Watson. Good morning, Gilly. Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson, you've come to see me at work. That's nice of you. Not often do I get company up here. Uh, we have not come here to see you at work, Gilly. We know your diabolical work only too well. Yes, Gilly, we know your secret. And what <laughs> secret's that? You're mad with power, Gilly. You try to control the destiny of this village. In your position as postman, you thought you had the power to give life and death. That I am, sir. And it's a great power. It makes me feel good. Almost like a god, you might say. Why, that's sacrilege, you scoundrel. You are responsible for the murder of Mrs. Threadgold. Aye, sir, that I was, and for the old man hanging himself. Yes, and you were responsible for John Letterby's suicide, were you not? That I was. Letterby tried to vote me off the village council. I swore I'd make him pay for it, and I did. Your reign is over, Gillian. You can't touch me, Mr. Holmes. You've got no proof. There's nothing you can do. Don't be too sure. 
I have enough influence to make it so you'll never toll a bell again. The only one you'll hear will be a prison bell. You, you, you take me away from me bells? I live for these bells. You wouldn't take me away from them. You couldn't live without the power they give you, could you, Gilly? You're trying to destroy me. You are already destroyed, Gilly. Yes, you've already failed. Mary's alive. Ah, alive? But the coffin they're burying down there. Is full of stone. You'll be the laughing stock of the village, Gilly. They'll never laugh at Gilly. You can't catch me, Mr. Holmes. I'm beyond you still. He's running up the ladder leading to the bell tower, Holmes. Come back, Gilly. Come back this instant. He's a mad hatter. Quite. What's he going to do up there? Why, Holmes, he might he might set fire to the steeple. He could make any madness. I'm going to fetch him, Holmes. No, Watson. He drew a knife as he fled. And with that rickety staircase and the narrow opening leading into the bell chamber, never stand a chance. Why, he'd get you on the first ledge. Well, how do you plan to get him down? Hmm. There's only one way. He's in a tiny loft containing his beloved bells. Ah, we'll see how much he loves them at close quarters. I doubt if even he can stand the noise in that confined space. Now, where's that bell rope? Come down, Gilly. Come down from there. Stop! Stop ringing me bell! Not until you come down, Gilly. Stop bringing them. I can't stand it. You'll make me mad. You're already mad, Gilly. Mad with power. Come down here, I say. All right, I'm coming. Great heavens. He's held himself out the belfry. He hasn't the chance of surviving that fall. Oh, yes. Well, I had no intention of causing that unhappy man to jump to his death, Watson. Though I can't help but feel that his poor, demented mind may find a happier oblivion this way, rather than in the confines of an asylum. Yes, you're probably right. This has been a shocking case, Watson. Absolutely shocking. And once again it proves the old saying that violence does intrude, recoil upon the violent. And the schemer falls into the pit, which he digs for another. Now, Dr. Watson, that was quite a tale. <laughs> Indeed. As harrowing to live through as it is to hear about, I assure you. Oh, well, now look at the time, Bell. I can hardly believe another half hour has come and gone. Until next time, then. Tonight's Sherlock Holmes adventure was suggested by an incident in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Golden Pince-Nez. This reproduction of Sherlock Holmes series is produced by Live Oak Theatre. And this is Joseph Bell speaking for Carol and Frank Morsani along with the Oak Hill Hospital and Just In Case Audio. Otto saying goodnight, and we'll meet again soon. Well, Randy, what an incredible time that was. I don't know if you enjoyed it as much as I did. I had a blast. <laughs> Seems like the audience liked it too. We've been watching the feed on our side. Yeah. Yeah. We hope you guys did and uh, getting a lot of thumbs up and please share the link, share it out there. Uh, of course, every tiny penny helps just during the season. So as you share the link, probably encourage your friends too, that 
if they uh, anything they could give to help continue the, the great work that Live Oak Theater does in this community and around the world, really. So if you guys loved it, thumbs up, give us some feedback, give us some highs, hellos, high fives and shares. And uh, man, we'll take a look at maybe doing it again in a, in a week or so. Yeah, That's right. We'll, we'll see you next up. time. All right, guys. Thanks so much.